Let's go, folks. Let's go make disciples. A couple of weeks ago, we started a new series that we have entitled, Let's Go, Folks. And the idea is that we need to leave the building and we need to be the kingdom. We cannot just expect people to show up and worship with us just because we have opened the door uh, for worship. We've mentioned in the past often uh, that um, it, it's kind of a sad reality, but it's where we're at. The culture has changed to the point uh, down through the years uh, that uh, the church isn't as big a deal in the community as it used to be. I remember growing up that the church was the hub of our community, and everything that people did within the community uh, was, was in the context of, of the church. And so they'd stay away from Wednesday night ball games and Sunday tournaments and things like that because it interfered with church. But that certainly has changed, and we have to work harder to go out and win people to Jesus, get them into the church, and make them disciples. But we cannot make disciples unless we are first disciples ourselves. And a disciple is literally a learner. So a disciple of Jesus Christ is someone who is dedicated to learning about Jesus and learning to be like Jesus and discipleship requires discipline. In fact, when you look at the word discipline, you see the word disciple in it. You cannot be a disciple without discipline. And when Jesus was giving His Sermon on the Mount in uh, Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, He said this, He said, Seek first His kingdom and His righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. So here's the deal. While we have this incredible future awaiting us, when we make up our minds to give our lives to Jesus and put His words into practice, and heaven is a big part of that future, until we get to heaven, there's a lot of pretty awesome things that we get to encounter while we're walking this road to get there. In fact, I've quoted Stephen Curtis Chapman several times, uh, the song that he wrote, There's no better place on earth than the road that leads to heaven. And I think what happens sometimes is that we get so caught up in, all right, we've given our lives to Christ, and Jesus is now our ticket to heaven, um, and I just kind of live my life until Jesus calls me home. I've got my ticket to heaven, so I just keep living kind of like I was living before until I go to heaven. And we miss out on this incredible journey that God wants us to have in our lives here while we're waiting to go to heaven. I've seen this happen way too many times where people give their lives to Christ, they're baptized, and that's it. That's the end. And now we just wait until Jesus calls us home. And we live for our purpose, and we live for our agenda and the things that we like. But God has called us to something much higher than that. In fact, when Jesus was wrapping up His Sermon on the Mount in chapter 7, beginning in verse 24, He said, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. Now you've probably heard this story before. I think most everybody wants to build their house on the rock. No one wants their life to come crashing down 
around them. But what's the rock in this story? We look at that story and we say, well, uh, several times in Scripture, Jesus is referred to as the rock, so He's the rock in this story, obviously. Makes sense, right? Well, Jesus is referred to as the rock in other places, but He's talking about something else. It kind of reminds me of the senior minister who was giving a sermon uh, to Children's Church one Sunday morning. Maybe you heard about this. He asked the kids kind of in this condescending kind of way. He says to, to these little ones who are all on the floor around Him, He said, now what is it that's brown and it has a fuzzy tail and it climbs trees and it eats nuts? And one kid raised his hand and said, I know the answer is supposed to be Jesus, but it sounds like a squirrel to me. Well, the answer in this story that Jesus tells, while it appears like it ought to be Jesus, according to the context, it's something even more than just Jesus. Jesus says, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like the wise man who built his house on the rock. That's what the rock is. The rock is, certainly it's Jesus, but it's also taking His words and putting them into practice. In other words, it's being His disciple. It's being His disciple and making disciples. And the way that we become disciples of His is we become disciples by putting Jesus' words into practice. And uh, I, I failed miserably this morning, did not send Lauren my sermon in time for a handout. So you're going to take your own notes. You take out your phone, write it down, or, or write on your neighbor's arm, whatever you want to do. Just kind of take the notes however you want. But we become disciples by putting Jesus' words into practice. If you're struggling through life, and it seems like life is starting to crumble around you a little bit, let me ask you, how well are you carrying out the words of Jesus? Jesus is encouraging us to put His words into practice and see if that doesn't make a huge difference in our lives. Put His words into practice and see if that doesn't change the way that you approach nearly everything in your life. The way that you live your life. And I guarantee you when you do that, you will discover more and more and more of His blessings in your life. That's what Jesus meant when He said, Seek first His kingdom and His righteousness and all these things will be added to you as well. Well, what are these things that He's talking about? He's talking about you want joy, you want peace, you want contentment. The the best way you can experience that, in fact, the only way you can experience that to its fullest, is to put the words of Jesus into practice. To build your life on the rock of His Word. And when you're living as a disciple of Jesus Christ, you'll be more keenly aware of how incredible God has been to you. And you'll have more stability in your life. If life seems to be knocking you for a loop, are you living on your own agenda? Or are you putting the words of Jesus into practice? And then on top of that, we get heaven too. So in order to make disciples, we must first become disciples. That's the first step. The second step is this. We've got to be intentional about making disciples. We've got to become disciples ourselves. Then we have to be intentional about making disciples. Our mission statement says East Columbus Christian Church is a community of followers devoted to connecting and serving all people through the good news of Jesus Christ. In other words, we need to do our best to carry out the words in Matthew 28 of the Great Commission. Which says this, And Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, 
and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely, I am with you always to the very end of the age. Under the authority of Jesus Christ, we are commanded to go and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And then teach them, don't don't just baptize them, but then teach them to obey everything that He's commanded us to do. And He says, if you do that, I will be with you. No matter what. And, and i got to be blatantly honest this morning. We've got to step it up as a church. Let's go, folks. Let's be disciples. Let's make disciples. You say, okay, that sounds great. I'm in. What do we do? Well, I think the best thing that we do is we look at what Jesus did to make His own disciples, right? So here are some key elements of discipleship. Jesus had relationships with others. When you look at the life of Jesus, it was all about investing in the lives of other people. If we truly want to make disciples, we've got to invest. We've got to invest our time in the people that we care about. Oftentimes, we've got to invest our resources into the people that we care about. Sometimes that means our money. Other times that means using the things that God has blessed you with. Use your home for a small group or for get-togethers or like tonight, the youth group's coming over uh, to swim at our house for a pool party. I'm looking forward to that. It might be your car. You might need to take someone somewhere. You might need to go to the grocery store for someone. Uh, You might just need to fix a meal for someone who's going through a rough time. Use the things that God has given to you. All of those gifts and those treasures that He has entrusted to you. You've got to use those things to make disciples. It means use whatever God has given you to invest in the lives of others. That's what Jesus did. And then Jesus drew others to Himself. Right? If you want to understand something, understand uh, uh, what discipleship is and what it's not. Um, Discipleship is more than just inviting people to church. Okay, And I think it's great. Invite people to church. That's wonderful. But we need to take it a step further and we need to be inviting people to Jesus because there's a huge difference. Okay, Inviting people to church is good and people, uh, you should do that. Keep doing that, please. Uh, but, and, and people can find Jesus here. But if we're just talking about the church and we're just talking about programs and we're just talking about services... Understand that each of those things are led by fallen, sinful human beings who have the potential to let you down. When we invite people to Jesus, when we invite people to know Jesus, they will never be let down by Him. Now, His followers... We don't get it right sometimes, do we? No. But if someone has a relationship with Jesus, they're, they're less likely to get their feathers ruffled and leave the church or even leave the faith when people let them down or when the storms of life hit. They stand strong. So let's invite people to Jesus and let them see Him and not our programs and our our facilities and things like that. Just this past Thursday, the preacher I had as a young man who was a great mentor and influence on me, you might have seen this on Facebook, 
uh, when I decided to go into the ministry, uh, uh, this last Thursday, he, he went to be with Jesus. Um, George Hewitt, um, wonderful guy. He was my Paul. I was his Timothy. Um, I used to joke with him a little bit. I told him one time he looked like Ichabod Crane. Uh, from the and and he laughed about it. He thought that was pretty funny. But uh, George's life was all about pointing people to Jesus, and he never preached at a church of more than sixty or seventy people. But the impact that he had on the city of Brazil was huge, and the reason was it, that it was huge was because he invested in people, and he invited them to Jesus, right? And he modeled Jesus. Wherever He went. And that's what we've got to do. We've got to model Jesus in our lives. And when we look at Jesus, when He invested in others, right, and He pointed people to Him, that was His strategy. His strategy was exactly what we've talked about already. He invested in people. He drew people to Himself. And we have to have a strategy. I feel like sometimes, and we've shared this before, I feel like sometimes, and I'm guilty of this, and I know uh, as a leadership and, and as elders and deacons, we've been guilty of this. Sometimes our greatest strategy that we've come up with is just having church on Sunday morning. I'm guilty of it. I've done it. And, we, and we've got to go deeper than that. We have to have a strategy. We can't just open the doors and hope that people find their way in. We have to have a strategy for making a plan of making disciples. If we keep doing the same thing that we're doing, we're not going to make as many disciples as we could. In fact, the definition of insanity is what? Doing the same thing over and over again and expect different results. Reminds me of a story of my dad. He's working on a car one time. I was his gopher. Anybody ever a gopher when they were little? You know, go for this tool, go for that tool. You know what I'm talking about. Go for this hammer. Y'all know what I mean. He was trying to get a part off on the car, and I don't even know what part it was, but he was holding a wrench with one hand, and he was beating the other end of it with a hammer. Well, he missed the wrench and hit his thumb. He might have said a choice word. Don't remember for sure, but then he went back at it. Hit the wrench a few more times, took a big whack, missed and hit his thumb again. Alright? Again, maybe a choice word, not real sure. This went on for a few minutes. He finally swung even harder. He missed it. He hit his thumb. Definitely choice words this time. And then he said, looked at it, he says, why don't you just bleed already? And boom, it did. It started bleeding, you know? And it was pretty bad. But here's the point of that story. He just kept doing the same thing over and over and over again and he was expecting a different result. And I'm not saying my dad was insane, but that wasn't too smart. And he knew that the neighbor down the street had the tool that he needed to get the job done, but he didn't go get the tool before he started the job. Again, he wasn't insane, but for some reason, he just didn't want to go down the street and ask the neighbor... For help. I don't know if it was a pride thing. I don't know if he didn't want to bother the neighbor. I don't know if maybe he didn't like the neighbor all that much. I don't know. He just kept doing the same thing over and over and over again. And he wound up with a pretty sore thumb. Here's the sad part. He eventually went down the street to the neighbor's house and got him to help him out anyway. After he had beaten his thumb. He could have avoided all of that. Right? Look at all the time and pain he could have saved. 
we have a plan to reach some people. We have a strategy. And one, one, we're going we're gonna to present that to you in just a little bit. That I think um, is, is going to help us reach more people for Jesus Christ in this community. Some 45 years ago, the leaders of this church started Columbus Christian School and they've been cranking out disciples nonstop for years. It's our biggest mission. It's a ministry that has made disciples for years. It builds relationships with others. I look out over the congregation now, I see all the people in the room right now that um, I've met through Columbus Christian School that I have a relationship with now. It draws people uh, to a closer relationship with Jesus every, every single day when in the classroom the teachers have the freedom to share Jesus. with. We've got close to 200 students enrolled right now and every single day, Monday through Friday, they're hearing about Jesus. Right? And so when we look at the Great Commission, it's all about multiplication. And that's, that's not, and not, you know, it's not anything to do with curriculum necessarily in math. It was all about multiplying the number of people that would follow Him. And that's what our church needs to be about. We need to be concerned about multiplying the number of people who are growing in their faith with the Lord and um, making disciples. A few minutes, you're going to hear some reasons why we need to consider that. And I'm going to share that with you now. Uh, and why, why we need uh, this building expansion that we've kind of alluded to the last few weeks. In your mind right now, you might already agree with that or you might already disagree with it. But I want you to, to just open your hearts and your minds a little bit and listen to a brief presentation. And if you don't hear anything else today, I want you to hear this. The kingdom of God is all about multiplication. It's all about saving people from eternal separation from God. Right? And the church leadership and the school leadership wholeheartedly agree that the plans that we want to present to you in a little bit are going to aid in this ministry. It's going to give us the opportunity to do things at a level we've not been able to do before. But before we get into that, um, I'm just going to I'm going to wrap up early this morning, and um, we we just want to um, maybe offer some of you this morning who who don't know Jesus yet, who who maybe uh, have have heard some words over the last uh, few weeks, or maybe today, or maybe you've been watching online, and and maybe you want to make a decision today for Jesus. But before we get into some of that that other stuff that I want that we want to talk about later on, I, I want to give you the opportunity just to respond to what Jesus did for you. We've already remembered Him through communion, and and maybe some of you are, are saying, "Well, I've never made that decision." I want to surrender my life to Jesus. And how you do that is like this. We teach here that you confess Jesus as the Christ and you turn away from the sin that's in your lives and you're baptized into Him for the washing away of your sins. And so I'm going to ask you just to stand with me right now. And, and if someone needs to make that decision, we want to encourage you to do that. Okay? Uh, and... Uh, if you're watching online, we encourage you to text READY to our church connection number. 
maybe you're standing out there today and you don't want to come forward today, but, but you've got some questions and maybe you're ready. You can use that church connection number as well. Text READY to the church connection number. We'll follow up with you right away. But um, I want to encourage you to, to just prayerfully consider what the Lord is asking of you to, to do today with the gospel message. And then uh, we also encourage you to stick around after we close this portion of our um, service to, to listen to what we believe God is, is leading us uh, to do. Let's pray together.